alternate timelines and worlds. Did you watch Loki episode six? Yes, I did. I freaking love it. I love what they're doing with Cat. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's. As somebody who's worked on like work, making his own world, making uh, his own comic, that Kang is such a good character because like I, I've had, I've made a character like that similar. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure we've all come up with that kind of character. The, the, the guy who knows everything, who's working behind the scenes, who's doing the dirty dealings or who knows everything, who's guiding to the timeline in a certain direction. And this is the first time I've seen it done on the big screen. It's such a high concept character. But he's presented in such a way that it's fascinating and just like seems Loki's reaction to him. Yeah, he totally did not see that coming. And it, was, it was fantastic because uh, seeing that, it was like, wow, it's like his whole world. Just... Yeah, no. Can you imagine that? Like, and the actor, I forget what's the name of the actor who got to play Kang. Um, was uh, named Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Well, depending, he maybe he's Kang, but I think he was more Immortus in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they did they did a good job of bringing in all the purples and the design, and just his acting, yeah. like the things he did. It's like he stole the show in that episode. He did, especially with that huge cliffhanger at the end. That was like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's be honest, the biggest cliffhanger, that one that we didn't see coming, Loki return in season two. Yeah, because all the Marvel shows are just for one season or, you know, limited series. Yeah. So to get two was like, oh, this is, this is going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And the thing is, like, I love the concepts you were doing. You got, like, Croaky. Uh, you got Frog Thor or Throg. Uh, uh, yeah. You got like classic comic book Loki. I, I love it. Like he's basically a version of Loki if he was more into his own magic. Yeah. And ah, like everything they're doing with Elias, it's like I hear people like, oh, you know, it's such a poorly designed or written show. No, it's not. Look. I find that YouTube, especially the whole like fandom menace aspect of it, they just hate on everything. Like yeah. they can't just sit back and enjoy something. Well, they're not open to new ideas because they're so in tune in what it should be in the comics. And they said, oh, we need to translate across the movies but or the television series. But here's the thing. When you get a writer to do, you know, the movies or the televisions, they have their own ideas. Mm-hmm. Incorporate some ideas, you know, that they want themselves or the studio wants, you know. So sometimes, you know, you have to do a little bit of balancing. I'd be like, okay, okay, here's why I should worry about the fans versus here should I worry about what the studio is going to say. So it's going to be a balanced act because you want a little bit of both. Yeah, exactly. I remember somebody was telling me basically this show was a cross between uh, Doctor Who and The Good Place. I, could, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. And like, I like what they've been explaining. Like, the reason why there's no alternate timelines is because somebody's been per- keeping certain 
timelines from happening because they lead to chaos. And I love the fact that the next show that's going to be happening is What If. Yeah, that's, that's going to be crazy. That what if is going to be very interesting. Like, I think some of the ones that they confirmed is like Marvel Zombies, which will be interesting. There's a what if uh, Killmonger saved uh, Iron Man. There's what if T'Challa was Star Lord. And I think there's also one like where Spider Man is Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, that that's another one. But there's also um, that one where Pe- Peggy Carter takes. Yeah. Super Soldier Serum, and she comes Captain Britain. Uh, she goes Captain Carter, or maybe Captain Britain. I also know. Uh, I saw one where I think in that one as well, uh, Steve also becomes the Hulk. Like first he starts off as Iron Man, and then he goes all Hulk. And I'm like, you know what? I'm all for this dynamic. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. Just bring everyone back. And I think there's also one is what if Hawkeye shot the arrow and killed Thor? Yeah. That, uh, that yeah, that definitely read somewhere that that was going to happen. Yeah. Look, what if is going to? I always enjoyed Marvel. What if? And I'm always I'm really curious to see where it's going to go. You know. Uh, so that's why Tad. There's one Marvel What If, uh, especially, that I really like. Well, two actually, but for different reasons. Yeah. The first one is What If Spider Girl, which spawned the MC2, which I think, which I still adore. I actually have. <laughs> a spider girl in here which because she's my all-time favorite comic book character i love those books i love that character all power to her now surprisingly my second favorite comic book character is blink from the exile because that was such a good book look I, I, my big superheroes are like people like really good books really good runs long ass runs but that no one talks about today well, unfortunately, it's a sad state of affairs because those uh, runs that we, you and I talk about, again, like I said, nobody, talk, nobody knows about. And what's interesting was whenever these big movies come out, they release these collections that have these particular runs. So sometimes people will buy them and like, oh, this is a good run. Maybe I should actually pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should I can actually read, you know, whatever before before then that leads to this collection oh yeah for sure and you know the exiles is actually pretty interesting considering we're talking about ken because it turns out that the person who did you ever read the exiles yes it did okay so you know the, the, the main concept people pulled out of different realities made into a team and go, sent to different realities to fix them oh my god it's the tva i just made the connection I was waiting until you actually realized that. I actually just realized it. My God, they, the TVA is basically another version of the Exiles. And of course, Kang runs both. See, this is what happens, folks. This is what happens when, you know, you suddenly realize it's actually two storylines combined. Yeah, but the difference was uh, with Exiles is that the team was comprised of alternate reality versions of character of different characters. Loki is just Loki, but uh, the Exiles was like they brought in Blink from Age of Apocalypse. They brought in the son of Magneto and Rogue from an alternate reality. They brought in the coolest version of Morph. 
and like an actually really cool version of Mimic. Uh, they brought in Nightcrawler and Wanda Maximoff's daughter, which apparently she became so popular they brought her into the 616 for a while. And that's right, I remember this. Yeah. And you know, it's like there's a lot of cheesecake in that comic as well because uh, many good female characters. Um, funny enough, the first, uh, one of the first times I've seen a good lesbian couple in the series too. You had, I think, Firestar who started a, a relationship with a Mary Jane who was a spider woman in an alternate reality. That's right, I do recall this style. And yeah. it was a very good art as I recall. I think the reason why they put the Exiles to the side is because the Exiles is mostly comprised of X-Men characters. Yeah. And they kind of just said, like, well, we don't want to touch X-Men or anything related to them during you know, the whole point. Like, oh, well, Marvel doesn't have the X-Men movie rights at this time. Because if you remember, like, the Exiles didn't even come into any type of uh, relevance during Secret Wars 2. Yeah. Which sure. just made no sense to me, considering, like, this Earth colliding into each other is definitely up the Exiles alley. Anyway, to back to my earlier point, there was one what if that really stuck with me. Um, it was a what if civil war. Uh, oh, you, you know the one I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, I know. It starts off with uh, Tony Stark at the grave of Captain America. And some guy shows up and he gives him a vision of what would have happened if Tony Stark was sincere when he was talking to Captain America. That was the only difference. And that allowed them to create basically the heroic age much earlier. And like you see like how happy everyone is. And now Tony is haunted by what could have been. And that character with the eyes who showed him the vision, like obviously no one's ever brought him back. I'm just saying like, that is such an interesting character. Somebody who can show you what could have been. And then now with a what if series coming out, now with like what could have been these different realities, I'm like, I just always love that story. I always love that what if, just like seeing where he went wrong and what could have been. That always like touched me, that story. Yeah, I think if it, if it, that is tweaked a little bit, it could definitely fit into this uh, because you remember Captain America Civil War, you know, easily fit in there. Oh, yeah. But that would be more of a um, something for the main continuity and less something that would work in What If, because it would have to be like the Watcher in this situation. And I like that we're actually getting the Watcher finally. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so interesting. I always thought he was working, you know, in the background, seeing everything that was, that obviously sees everything that's happening. Yeah. And he chooses not to, you know, interfere. Yeah, I do like that. Um, I always thought that Stan Lee was the watcher because that, that would have been hilarious. But it turns out like he's just kind of like hanging out with the watchers. It's like, hey, which one of you going to drive me home? <laughs> you know, I'd like to think Stan Lee's right now up in heaven talking to the watchers and like telling him all the stories. Yeah, like like he was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And that yeah. time I was. 
You were what? No, no, no. There's a line from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two where Stan Lee says, uh, <laughs> "And that time I was a mailman." Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for the next Guardians. Uh, I can't wait either. I, I also can't wait for the soundtrack. Oh yeah, no, the soundtrack for that's going to be good. Yeah. Like all the Guardians movies have great soundtracks. You know what's going to be hilarious? You know what I'm expecting is going to happen in Guardians Three. Rocket's going to know more about Earth pop culture than uh, Peter Quill. <laughs> That's true, because he's been on Earth uh, longer than Peter has. Yeah, it's like he's been on Earth recently. And, like, Rocket brings in all this Earth music. Like, he brings in, like, recent pop. And he's like, yeah, I like the sound. And it's just driving Peter crazy. Oh, gosh. It would, like, just be, like, such a fun dynamic shift. It's like... It's like and like uh, rockets like quoting like shows Peter doesn't even know. It's like, it's like how do you know these things? I've been on Earth longer than you, buddy. <laughs> oh God, no! You know what would be the ultimate joke for on um, a Guardians movie? When the Guardians show up to save people, they're like, "Look, it's the Avengers!" Oh, that would be great. That and Peter's like. No, we're the Guardians, and Rocket's like, speak for yourself, I'm an Avenger. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, I just always thought of that. I'm like, that just would work so well in the Guardians movies. That's true. And you know what the worst thing is? Like, I'm pretty sure right now in the galaxy, everyone's heard of the Avengers at this point. Pretty much, yeah. Because you gotta remember, they brought in the Ravagers and they brought in like a bunch of people from other planets. So obviously, the story of the battle on Earth against Thanos was spread everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that just gonna be such a perfect moment if they do that. Like, don't worry, we're here to save you. Look, Mom, it's the Avenger. Now <laughs> oh, we're the guardians of the galaxy, guardians. And you just get rocket and nebula. No, I'm I'm both. <laughs> She's got it right. Oh man. You know, if, if somebody listens to this and uses that joke, you're welcome. You don't have to pay me for it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, yeah. It's it's actually interesting uh watching Loki because you see, you know, a version of him that hasn't really in a sense, growing up yet, because he still wants a throne, especially since he's from 2012. Mm-hmm. But during the course of the show, you're like, okay, he's starting to change because now he's actually caring. Yeah, because he's in love with himself. Yes, which I we all I always suspected. Okay, I always, look. Loki falling in love with a variant of himself is the most Loki thing that could happen. It is. I remember there was an issue of Deadpool where he ran into different versions of himself. And one of them was like a female Deadpool and they kiss and like, yeah, this is weird. I'm like looking at Loki kiss another Loki. I'm like, no, no, this is not weird. This is in character. (laughs) Well, it makes sense for him. It makes sense for him. Yeah, no, it's like, it's an alternate version of himself. And I think they even did the joke a few uh, so a while back when they had like two Lokis in the comic at one time where like he met a female version of himself and, and like he's hanging out with Thor and uh, uh, Jane Carter Thor. Uh, J- uh, 
Yeah, Jane uh, Thor. And like this, the page has been spreading around 4chan a little bit. And like the Lokis are just getting along so well. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. If, if Loki's going to fall in love with anyone, it's going to be a version of himself. <laughs> God. There's all, now that I'm also thinking, there's this picture I saw not too long ago where it's like a, a photo of Odin's son. I must tell you, you're adopted. And it's a picture of alligator Loki and just like, Lot, like confused alligator noises. <laughs> I, I'm convinced that the the croaky is from a, a reality where they're all animals. I could totally see that. Well, we have Marvel apes, remember? Yeah. Yeah, where everyone's a type of monkey, and then like, what was it? <laughs> Doctor Doom is a. Uh, a baboon or something? Yeah. Or he's one of those like uh, monkeys with like the big flashy butts. And Doom's like, Doom decided to destroy the entire reality just for that insult. Oh God. Are you excited for seeing Dr. Doom in the cinematic universe? I would love to see him because I like to see a version that's done right. Oh God, yes. And like, He's got to be completely chewing the scenery every time he's on stage. Like, he has got to be so over the top comic book villainy I, I, that no one will believe. I want to see him try to take over the world because somebody snubbed him in a line. Okay, Doom doesn't need to be like thought provoking, Doom just needs to be Doom. Yeah, stick to the comics, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why we have that Fantastic Four movie. Oh, yeah. No, I can't wait. I'm going to be honest. I, I can't wait to see the Fantastic Four. I am not looking forward to seeing them integrate the X-Men. You know what? I'm not either. Because I'll tell you why. Because for so long, you know, the X-Men have been in their own separate universe. And I think to include them now, it would feel very much out of place. Here's the thing. If you say they're from an alternate reality, I'm fine. Multiversal shenanigans. Cool. But if you say that the mutants have been around this whole time, I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, why haven't, why haven't, has anyone seen them? Yeah. Why haven't, why haven't, you know, we seen Wolverine or Storm or whatever? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, we got a Hugh Jackman cameo and it's coming. But like, Deadpool works because he's so like, bananas at what his movies are but like i never liked the idea of the x-men integrating into the mcu is because the x-men just don't work with something like the avengers existing in the same universe i agree i agree and because like there's so much like stupidity mode enabled that needs to happen in order for like all the hate that the mutants are receiving to be validated yeah, and if you if you look at the Avengers, obviously, all people that they call them enhanced. If you look at uh, the Maximoffs, they're obviously mutants. They've, they've been mutants, you know, from the X Men, but they're Avengers. So how do you explain that? Okay, let's be honest. It is really hard to come up with names for people with powers that hasn't already been used. Yeah, so enhanced makes sense. Yeah. So, what was I getting at? Yeah, just like 
the, the problem with it is then they have to explain Magneto being from World War II at this point, and like he'd be like, God knows how old at this point. Yeah. And I find like, how do I put this? The problem with mutants, I feel, is that no one ever actually tackles uh, tackles it logically. The problem is that it's accept mutants or kill mutants. There's no in between. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. There's no real common ground. I feel. No. Well, I, because you know, I think we're definitely in an age where we're accepting more, you know, diversity. So. Mm -hmm. Why isn't there, you know, common ground between mutants and humans? Why isn't there that? Because it can't be just one or the other. We both, why can't we coexist? Yeah. And the worst thing is that the mutants actively try to separate themselves further and further from humanity. Like mutants come up with their own communities. They come up with words like flat scans. And the problem with that is that the mutants are pushing themselves out. But the thing is, Mutants aren't necessarily guaranteed to have mutant children. And humans, at any point, could have a mutant child. Yes. So, which means they're still the same species. And they're acting like homo superior. Like, that always bugged me about mutants. And that there's like, there, it's us and them. Like, the, the X-Men talk about, you know, living together with humans. You are human still. And there's no acknowledging of the fact that mutants can be dangerous. Okay, I remember there was an issue of X-Men or Avengers, and like they find a mutant who is like unstoppable. Like was and he was so bad. Like and there's this thing where uh, Maria Hill says, you know, this was on one of uh, Nick Fury's top five apocalypses. There'd be a mutant who would be born one day who would just accidentally destroy the world. And it was so bad that one mutant went back in time and prevented that mutant's parents from meeting each other, meaning he would never exist. And that's how they resolved the situation. So don't tell me that you, we need to accept all mutants. And I know this sounds like horrible considering today's uh, what's going on in today, but the fact of the matter is mutations and activations of powers can happen at any time. And it could happen to a variety of people, stable individuals and unstable individuals. What if, you know, we're gonna go for the uh, classic uh, what if example. Okay, what, what if some kid who has problems ha suddenly develops firepowers at school? What's gonna happen? And then there wasn't a comic in Ultimate X-Men that freaked me out. Like it was so good but it's the perfect example of the dangers of mutants to the point where Charles Xavier had to completely cover it up. The story was a kid gained the ability that he would produce a gas, like completely colorless, completely like, it's just a pheromone that whatever organic life, sentient life came in contact with it would instantly die and melt away. So he woke up one day and he couldn't find his parents. He just found their clothes on the floor. And he slowly starts walking to school and you know, cars uh, start crashing. People start vanishing. He gets to school and it's like, where is everybody? And then he sees his friends melt away. And what happens is Wolverine finds him and Wolverine can survive this. So he sits down with the kid and he explains to him what's going on. 
and he offers him a beer. And the kid's like, well, I, well, how am I going? How am I supposed to stop this? And it's like Wolverine's like, that's why they sent me. And he just tells the kid, finish your beer. And I'm like, that was such a powerful story. And I'm like, yo, that never comes up when we're discussing mutants. That somebody like that could be born at any time in the Marvel Universe. So you can understand why people are afraid of mutants. But the X-Men, the, the, all the mutants, they'll never own up to that. That's the thing. I think there should be time where they do own up to it. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I hate to turn off of this for a second, but um, if you remember Civil War, that storyline, you remember, you know, obviously the horrible accident happened with some, you know, superheroes and some deaths involved, and all of a sudden the government wants a registration act, and Tony Stark is behind it because. He's like, yeah, we need to be held accountable for these actions because, you know, we're no different. We we no different for the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Of course, Captain America says this is we give up our civil liberties and all that. But Tony did have a point. Yeah. But as much as Captain did have a point because it's the world we live in. You know, where we have to be held accountable for our actions. And mm -hmm. fortunately, Cap was very much you know part of the past, as you know for liberty and, and you know and everything but he didn't see the other side of it no cap is an incredible individual but he's also very stubborn in that some even in the movies he like the civil war movie a lot of it could have been over with had they like tony made every effort to appeal to to steve like steve was just like in the minds i gotta save my friend and he put everything else in jeopardy. He got his friends arrested. Like Scott Lang, poor Scott. Like the only reason he was helping is like, oh my God, Captain America is asking me to help? Oh God, yes. Yeah. But yeah, Tony was definitely trying to, you know, to at least reach some kind of ground. You could even tell that when they met, uh, 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 you know, Black Panther and Cap and Sam were arrested. He was trying to reach out saying, look, we need you, all right? I don't want to turn this into a fight. Yeah, but what happened happened. But yeah, that's the thing, like, comics always go to let's fight. They always go to, we need conflict, we need battle. They never go, what would happen if we reached the common ground? But what would also happen to the threat of the comic ground? Here is a concept for an X-Men story. What if somebody brought back their registration act, but they had the mutants run it? In the sense that, here, you guys register everybody, you run it, but you prove to us that you're keeping everybody under control. And what would happen, another idea, is somebody says like, okay, I wanna open up schools to help mutants suppress, control, or get rid of their powers. And we're gonna open up these schools across the, uh, across the state or across uh, all the USA. And it's like, yeah, the goal of these schools is to teach mutants to either suppress or to get rid of their powers in any way that's humanely possible. And just watching the X-Men react completely negatively to that. 
But on the other side, seeing the students who actually go to those schools, like kids who like Rogue, Rogue's life was hell for a long time. You have people like that, people with powers that are ruining their lives that make a regular life impossible. And even if they were to integrate with mutants, it would still just be as bad. Yeah. What would happen if the mutants' values was thrown right back in their faces? Actually, that'd be a very different storyline. Yeah. But instead, what are we getting right now? Hey, the mutants are got their own island where it's party time all the time and no one can die. No, I think I think what really boils down to is there needs to be real life consequences to these actions because the, the mutants, they definitely need to know, you know, obviously what they're capable of and how much damage they can do. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, right now, the mutants are doing everything to avoid the consequences of their actions. They're doing like, we're the victims, we're going to take, we're going to show how powerful we are. But the problem is just reading the, the, the X-Men comics right now and knowing how Marvel is, I'm waiting for that island to blow up. Well, maybe within the next three years, two years, 10 years, somebody's going to nuke that island. Everyone's going to die and the mutants are going to be in a horrible situation because that is what comics are. Yeah, I think by then, then somebody in the, in the government is going to say, look, we can't, we can't control them, but what if we help them? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, look, let's follow Charles Xavier's example. He has a school out there for mutants. Why don't we open up schools to actually help mutants develop their powers? Yeah. And so then, like, all oh, they're, they're treating us, they're training the kids to be weapons because I know this sounds sad, but I could just kind of predict whatever they do. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a conflict right there. But someone's, but people, the government's legitimately saying, no, we're not doing that. We're not turning them into weapons, right? We don't want to bring the world to destruction. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, if we keep doing this, if we keep fighting each other, not only are we going to kill one another, we're going to destroy the whole planet. There's nobody, there's nobody going to be left. So, oh, yeah. We got to find a way to coexist here. And we can't do that. No, that neither side is talking. Mm -hmm. All in all, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with the X Men long run. I don't feel they work very well in the Marvel Universe just to be brought out of nowhere. And it just <clears throat> having mutants exist completely destabilizes the world. In the comics, it would work. In a live action film series, there's just too much to keep track of. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because now, like, we have The Widows. I don't know if you watched the new Black Widow movie. I did. What did you think of it overall? You know what? Overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very interesting concept. And for those of you who, hadn't seen, who haven't seen it yet, you should probably do, do see it. You obviously have your opinions. Uh, personally, I felt they should have had a solo Black Widow film years earlier. But Yo, just, this movie would have been better if it came out like four or five years ago, let's be honest. If, if it came out like after Civil War, it totally made sense. Yeah, because that's where it fits in the timeline. Now it just feels awkward. It feels like an afterthought at this point. But like spoilers, you know, stop here and skip where you need to. But now they reveal there are like trained with Black Widows across the world. They're free of control. 
I'm not a fan of what they did with Taskmaster just because I like what Taskmaster is. But then again, kind of like what they did with the Madden. They can be like, hey, here's our like first take on it. Oh, you don't like it? We'll do another take that explains this is the real Taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah. Because how hard is it to say that, oh, the way he created this Taskmaster was that they actually got the actual Taskmaster and used him as the model for this. It's not hard. And like, no one needs to be butthurt over it. Like, I find the character was fun. Like, seeing Taskmaster or an, a version of him in film was just fun. Like, that, the mimicking, the doing all that. But we need one that the, the actual Taskmaster itself. Like, the, we need the character, not just the set of powers. Well, it could still happen. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. The thing I like about the character, like, what is he? He, he basically trains goons. It's like he's the one who supplies hired goons. I just love that that term. Ah, oh, I love the touch, the personal touch of hired goons. Hired goons. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good movie. But now it sets up like there's a bunch of these deadly assassins across the world. Yeah. So that's gonna be a lot to keep track of, but we'll see what they do with it. And also, uh, what was it there? The, the Red Guardian. Just so much fun on screen. He's fantastic. I, I thought the actor did a great job. And, you know, he totally was the character for me in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And, like, there is one thing. It's like, wait, did he and Cap actually fight? Yeah, that was like, no, he didn't. Because uh, remember that scene I heard you see you talking about. I, he was like, yeah, there's no way in hell because he's this old. No, no, Steve no. would have still been frozen. Now. Yeah. If you told me he fought another Captain America, like, because we also confirmed that um, uh, Obadiah, I think was his name, from uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What if he fought him? Well, that's entirely possible. You know, it, it, could, it could happen. But I think with the time frame, if you remember correctly, his Captain America took place in the 50s and maybe early 60s. So Yeah. I'm just thinking like something like that would have been interesting. Yeah. But uh, speaking of that, you know what? I really liked uh, Captain Falcon. Yes. Like the design of uh, Falcon, Captain America. I just like that that suit design. It's pretty good. It was great because meshing both the images together I was like, wow, this is, looks great. Like, I was a bit nervous when I saw the costume, but when I saw it in action, I was like, okay. It works. Yeah. And he looks damn good in it, and I like the message at the end of the episode. So I was like, this is good. Yeah, politicians do better. But overall, like I find like all the Marvel shows have been hit one after the other. I'm really looking forward to their building this multiverse up. Let's do it. So this has been another episode of Nova Files, a quick a uh, little quickie with me and Ian. I hope you guys have had a good time about our going from Batman, uh, the OG Batman comics, to talking about the <laughs> The efficacies of the mutant plant. So, thanks a lot, everybody. 